well, actually, this started a long time before yesterday. About two weeks ago, I heard, um, well, I think I'll just start somewhere else. Hallelujah. I'll tell you all that part later. God got me up Sunday morning, and uh, I had, of course, had company, but he got me up early, and he gave me that scripture. The very first thing was uh, that scripture in Numbers, and that was Numbers 23, 19. We'll just go ahead and turn to that right now. Numbers 23, 19. Of course, I thought it was just the offering Sunday morning, but it seems like that Lord, the Lord has more plans for that scripture for all of us. God is not a man that he should lie. Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? And so we talked about Sunday morning how God is not a man, number one, which is that is such good news. I'm so glad he's not a man. Hallelujah. I'm so glad he can think higher than we can think. He can know things we uh, don't know. Hallelujah. And then he's not a man that he should lie. And if you'll turn over to Deuteronomy 32.4, I'm going to run you through quite a lot of scriptures tonight. I really want the word to do the speaking tonight. I don't I, God may have, some things may come up in me by the Holy Ghost, but uh, um, if not, we'll just study the Word. I mean, we'll just, we'll just let the Word talk to our hearts. Deuteronomy 32, 4. He made me aware that the Scripture, He wanted us to go further with it and take it further, that God is not a man that He should lie. He is the rock. His work is perfect. For all His ways are judgment. A God of truth... Say, a God of truth. And without iniquity, just and right is He. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Turn to, uh, we'll go over to the New Testament for a minute. Titus chapter 1, verse 2. Titus right after 2 Timothy. I know y'all knew that, but hallelujah. Titus chapter 1, verse 2. In hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie, God that cannot lie, promised before the world began. The God that cannot lie. The Amplified Bible says about that verse, ever truthful God who cannot deceive. He does not only not lie, he doesn't ever deceive. He doesn't deceive us into believing something or doing something or sowing something or acting on something or being faithful and then you know, well, you know, I just wanted you to be faithful, but I really wasn't going to ever do what I said. That's not our God. Hallelujah. That's not who He is. Turn to Hebrews 6.18. Hebrews 6.18. It's important that we get these truths down in us. Hallelujah. Because you can't really build a strong foundation without these truths. And if sometimes we need to shore up our foundation. Hallelujah. That by two immutable things in which it was impossible, say impossible. Impossible for God to lie. Impossible for God to lie. We might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. Impossible for God to prove false or deceive us. That's what the Amplified says. Impossible for God to prove false or to deceive us. Turn to Psalm 100 verse 5. Psalm 100, verse 5. You talk about good news. Right here, it's, For the Lord is good, His mercy is everlasting, and His truth 
endureth to all generations. So it doesn't matter how bad this world gets, and it doesn't matter uh, how long it lasts, how much longer, till, till it's all over, till Jesus comes back and, and comes back to, to literally come back, uh, not just the rapture, but that final coming back. Uh, it doesn't matter how long that is or how bad this world gets. Guess what? His truth will still be out there. It'll still be here. He says it's not going away. It's not going to be able to put be put under. It's not going to be able to be squelched out. The world, no matter how wicked the world goes, this will not be able to be snuffed out, this truth. Hallelujah. It's going to endure forever. Hallelujah. I like that a lot. Let's turn to Psalm 119 over a few pages. And verse 42. Psalm 119, 42. Hallelujah. And I checked every one of these scriptures, I promise. But that's not the right scripture. The scripture I want says thy law is truth or thy word is truth. This talks about I trust in thy word. And you know, but this doesn't say thy word is truth. Y'all will just have to look that one up on your own. Thy law is truth. Is it 43? 142. Just missed the one. Hallelujah. It was the typist. Thy righteousness is an everlasting righteousness, and thy law is the truth. Hallelujah. Thy law is the truth. His word is the truth, isn't it? Turn to, well, let's don't turn there. Let's just say this one. John 14, 6, if you're taking notes and want to write this down. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. We're familiar with that. I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. In John 16, 13, let's turn there. This is a good scripture to pray and believe. How be when he, the spirit of truth, is come, talking about the Holy Ghost, he will guide you into all truth. He will guide you into all truth. So the Holy Spirit will never guide us into anything that's not truth. Hallelujah. He will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. So this truth that he guides us into, he's going to show us things to come, and he, uh, and, uh, it, but it, when he shows us something, it is going to happen. It is truth. When he guides us, it's um, Hallelujah. He guides us into truth. Turn to 1 Corinthians 13, 6. Hang on to these things now, don't. I know sometimes we're used to a different kind of teaching in this, but hallelujah, really it's God's Word that's life to us and health to us. And Rejoice not at iniquity. Let's see, this is the love chapter, and so it's talking about love here. So love rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. Love rejoices in truth. Um, you know, when truth is something to rejoice about. When families have something happen bad in their family and one of their family members is a victim of murder or of rape or of anything and it goes to trial, those families want truth to come out. They just seem like they can't be satisfied unless truth comes out. And when the truth comes out, it makes them rejoice. Even though they're going through a difficult time, they've had something horrible happen, truth will make you rejoice. 
I know my mom, she rejoiced in truth. She was um, always insistent that I tell the truth. And I know we were talking Sunday. Some of us, I don't even remember who was talking about this right now. But uh, we were talking about hiding dishes in the trash can that were broken, you know. My mom didn't rejoice in that. And so she sat me down and talked to me one day. I think she had found some dishes. I was the dishwasher from the time I was a little girl. My mom cooked, and uh, I helped a little, but mostly I just kind of set the table. But when supper was over, my mom left the room. So that's where I learned it, Eric, because I did too. When I got my boys up, I left the room and said, y'all do it. <laughs> Hallelujah. And Colin is still griping because... I don't know what Eric did. He wasn't wiping off the counters good because he was kind of little. So I said, okay, I went and Mary made the law. And I said, Colin, you have to walk, wipe off the counters every time. And because uh, he was bigger. And he was like, Eric used that excuse till he was, <laughs> you know. He was still saying, Mom said when he was 16 years old <laughs> and well able to wipe off the counters. But anyway, my mom rejoiced in truth. And I remember she sat me down and she said, Now, Debbie, if you break something and you come and tell me, you're not going to get in as much trouble as if I find something broke in the trash can. Because she was rejoicing in truth. She didn't want me to hide stuff. She wanted me to come and tell her the truth. So, um, truth is something to rejoice about. 1 Corinthians 13, and we just read, uh, right there, we read verse 6. Rejoiceth, uh, love rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. It beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Love never faileth. So, truth, truth and love, truth is in there in that never fail thing. And I know that truth never fails us. Truth will always do us more good than a lie. Truth, uh, truth will uh, always win in the end. I know me and Pastor, we hadn't read it, but we just got a book about a man that he's a billionaire and uh, quite several times over, and guess what his company did? This is their only claim to fame. They made the little container that the Big Mac goes in. I'm like, that is just not impressive, you know, to be a billionaire. But he's written a book and he says, uh, cheaters never win. Well, I don't believe that lies ever win in the end. I believe that the truth is what wins. And, um, and you know, and sometimes the end is further away than we would like, but it's going to win in the end. Hallelujah. And that's why God will always, that's why God's going to win. Because he's, he's a God of truth. And that's why the devil's going to lose. Amen? Okay, uh, John, 2 John 2. Not 3 John, but 2 John. We're getting somewhere. For, uh, uh, let's start in verse 1. The elder unto the elect lady and her children, whom I love in the truth, and not I only, but also that they have known the truth, also that they that have known the truth, for the truth's sake, which dwelleth in us, and shall be with us forever. So the Bible says, truth dwelleth in us. So in your spirit is truth. There's nothing of false or lie or anything in your spirit. Truth dwells in you. Hallelujah. <clears throat> now turn to John 8, 44. And let's look at this up a different direction. Let's go up this mountain a different way, as Brother Hagin always used to say. 
John 8, 44 says, Ye are of your father the devil, and the lusts of your father ye will do. Now he's talking to the uh, he's talking to the the religious leaders of that day, Jewish Jewish men that were religious leaders. And he said, Ye are of your father the devil, and the lusts of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. There is no truth in the devil. You know, when he's talking to you, he's always telling you not the truth because there is no truth in him. He cannot tell you the truth. He may, you know, because you all know a half truth is a lie. Hallelujah. In fact, it's the most dangerous kind of lie because you'll kind of go, well, that's kind of right. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. Now, how much plainer can you get? The devil is a liar. He's the father of lies. There is no truth in him. Just, very, just totally opposite of God, isn't he? And anytime we lie or someone lies, especially, I'm going to say this is about a Christian. I'm not, you know, if they're not a Christian, they are of their father, the devil. And so that's why they lie. But if you're a Christian and you lie, you're yielding to the flesh. Actually, you're yielding to the devil who is working against your flesh and you're yielding to the you're yielding to what the devil tells you and 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 working that lie out coming out through your flesh or it, it's a it's a work of the flesh. It's a work of um, not the renewed man. This is not coming from your spirit. This is not the, the born-again man. This is flesh. Hallelujah. That would tell a lie. Uh, <clears throat> brings me to the scripture that two weeks ago, I think I heard Andrew Womack was the one I heard say it, that he said, uh, and we find six times in the scriptures, thou shalt not bear false witness. We find that six times in the scriptures about three times the old and three times in the new. One place in the new is Matthew 19, 18. So we'll turn to that one just for having, just put it, our eyes on it. Matthew 19, 18 says, uh, He saith unto them, which Jesus said, Thou shalt do no murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness. And I always have thought, until I heard him say that about two weeks ago, that to bear false witness was just to tell a lie. But he said to bear false witness was to give a false impression also. So under not, do not bear false witness, it would be including lying, but it would also be to exaggerate the truth. It would, because that would give a false impression, wouldn't it? Don't give a false impression, a partial truth, deceitfulness, it means, falsehood, to feign, F-E-I-G-N, to feign, and that means to pretend, or that's my interpretation of feign, to pretend, or a sham. It means a sham. Hallelujah. And so we see that uh, we're to be filled with truth like God. And, you know, some uh, we need, you know, we're always praying around here for change. We're always praying to go up to the next level. But sometimes you got to get some things out of your way before a church can change and before you can go up to the next level. So we're just kind of doing a little checkup on ourselves tonight to say, you know, do I, I don't think any of us in here intend to lie. 
but I know myself, I've done it before. Have you? Would you be, um, <laughs> hallelujah. God had a one time, he, he, I've never, my parents taught me not to lie. My mother taught me not to lie. Um, she didn't like somebody to lie to her. And so, and my mother didn't have any fear of child abuse charges. And she would get the belt out and use it. And somebody this week got rested somewhere. I saw it in the paper for using a belt. Well, hallelujah. There was no fear of that when I was growing up. That was the weapon of choice. Hallelujah. Now we know more now. We've learned more. And we know that we use the paddle because the Bible says the rod of correction. Hallelujah. So we use a paddle and we do it. <clears throat> Never supposed to paddle in anger. Hallelujah. You paddle in love. And I know kids don't believe that's love, but it really is love. Hallelujah. You paddle in love and you paddle because... You know, the Bible says to. You don't have to have any other reason except the Bible says that the rod of correction will drive rebellion out of a child. You don't even have to know how it happens. You don't even know have to know why it happens. You just have to know if I obey the word, it will happen. And I used to tell the kids in Christian school, now when I lay this paddle on your little behind, and I paddle girls only, because in our Christian school, men paddle boys and women paddle girls. And uh, I, I didn't like paddling those little girls. Oh, they were cute. Amen. They were cute little girls in their little uniforms and hallelujah. But sometimes they would lie because they would cheat in their books. And we had a foolproof system. System You could tell if they were cheating just like that. And so when they cheated, that we would paddle them. And uh, <clears throat> so we, I would you put that on there and I would explain to them, now we're doing this because we love you and because the Bible tells us to. And I would always lead them in repentance, you know, and have them repent to the Lord. And they would, I'm sorry, Jesus, you know. Uh, and uh, that was cute. Anyway, but I would say, now when this paddle hits your bottom, the Bible says rebellion's going to fly out of your heart. Hallelujah. Because that's what it says. And, you know, they believed it would, and it did. They all turned out pretty good, those Christian school kids. Uh, hallelujah. So, uh, hallelujah. Praise God. <coughs> Where am I? <laughs> um, praise the Lord. Well, huh? Well, okay. Boy, I got in that good story. Um, so, uh, thou shalt not bear false witness. Okay. So, we need to... We need to check up on ourselves and make sure we hadn't let anything creep in. God, uh, one time I lied to a church member in Seminole. You know, sometimes people catch you off guard. And I lied. Well, God made me call her up and tell her I lied. Well, that pretty much broke me. I don't lie to church members anymore. <laughs> I don't lie to anybody. Because, you know, uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more. <clears throat> but, you know, the, oh, our world that we live in is overtaken with lying. How many would agree with that? Well, you know, um, and you know, these things can creep into the church. We can let them creep into our lives if we're not careful. You know, um, we can watch so many um, lawyer shows, you know, and defense attorneys, you know, it's their job to get a jury to believe a lie. That is their job. I mean, really, if you think about it, they it's like, I got a put a shadow of a doubt. I got to prove this man innocent, even if they know for sure. 
I mean, they saw him do it. They can still go in there and try to prove that. How many of you know the news media in our day? And this is sad, but it's the truth. It's corrupt. Uh, they don't, there's no need for proof anymore for what, of the, what they say. They make it up as they go. They really do. Uh, those tabloids like the National Enquirer and stuff, it just don't matter. It just don't, they just say anything and everything about anybody and everybody. Just lie like a dog. And you know, but you know, there's a judgment day coming. Oh, it's going to be bad. Woo! I wouldn't want to have been the owner or a reporter at the National Enquirer or any of them other tabloids. And I know you stand there at the grocery store and read them when you're in the line. <laughs> you know, and who's left who and who did what. Um, you know, there's an old joke that used to go around. I don't know if you ever heard this. To how do you know if a lawyer is lying? His lips are moving. Yeah. Well, we, you know, I think we could take. And how about politicians lying? How about politicians? We, they call them campaign promises, but really, a lot of times, they're not just promises. They're campaign lies. I mean, they know they can't make it happen. They know they can't. And uh, they will tell the lie anyway. What about telephone scams? where they try to get your money and it's a scam. Uh, we get calls all the time where they're scamming you. We have one that calls us that says uh, something about your credit card and to call right now. I don't remember, but it's a scam. Uh, how about our textbooks? Are, you know our textbooks now in our public schools are full of lies? They, I know there's one line there. It's called evolution. That's a big lie. And then they have taken now where they have taken out the truth about the founding fathers and replaced it with lies because they want you to and our children to think they, you know, they want to, what they want to do eventually, they want to change the Constitution and they want to make you think that the founding fathers were nothing, you know, when they were mostly godly Christian men inspired by God. Uh, to do the works of God. So uh, all of this lying that goes on around us sometimes can, um, it can kind of just creep in on us in the church. And so we need to check up on ourselves in he Ephesians 4.23. So let's look at some scriptures about not lying. Hallelujah. And I want to show you some things about the reward of telling the truth that maybe you hadn't seen before. Ephesians 4.23 says, um, And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So we're to have a whole different mindset. And that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. So this explains a lot to us about the new birth. Because it talks about how... Um, that uh, we have to renew the spirit of our mind. We get born again, but we have to renew the spirit of our mind because our mind's still thinking worldly ways unless we renew the spirit of it. And then we have to put on the new man. We have a new man, but where our, spirit, where our soul is concerned, our mind, will, and emotions, we have to put that new man on. And we have to make a decision. It's not just going to come automatically because we're Christians that we just don't want to sin. Because we won't want to in our spirit, but the Bible says the spirit's uh, willing, but the flesh is weak. The flesh is weak. The mind's unrenewed until we get a hold of it. And if we're used to doing those things, 
uh, we'll keep doing them unless we put on the new man. And so uh, that's what we are attempting to do all the time here is renew our minds and put on the new man. And he, the first thing he says to do is to put away lying. We, have to, we just have to decide, I'm going to put that away. And I'm going to tell the truth. Uh, and sometimes it's hard to tell the truth. I know uh, in Corey Ten Boom's book where they hid Jewish, they, hid, they, were, they were Gentiles, they were, they were from Holland. They, I guess they were, how are they, what were they, Hollanders? Dutch, they were Dutch, I finally located it. Okay, they were Dutch, but they would hide Jews in their house. And, uh, oh, I mean her and her sister would wrestle with what are we going to say if they ask us things. The Gestapo, if they ask us certain things. And uh, her sister uh, was actually executed because she told the truth. But Betsy, in the book, The Hiding Place, which I've read several times, she, she, would, she, she had put away lying, and she would not do it. And, you know, it was a hard decision. But we have to go by the word during tough times. When there's tough decisions to make, when people's lives are at stake, probably you've never been at a place where, where lives were at stake, but you may have been in a place sometime where maybe something on the job was going to be kind of sticky if you told the truth. Hallelujah. Turn to Proverbs 12:22. So these are things that we need to study because these decisions have to be made ahead of time. They can't be made in the moment. In fact, one of the things that will cause us sometime to tell a lie when we don't really want to lie is when we're not prepared for situations. When people ask us something and we're not really prepared for it, we haven't decided what we'll say. And we haven't put the, is this giving a false image test to it? And we need to, sometimes we have to plan ahead. Uh, for these things and we have to make commitments ahead of time it might come to a time in America where uh, and they want this to happen I don't think it's gonna happen but they want to take guns away and so when somebody says do you have a gun do you possess a gun you better be prepared we need to prepare now now, Colin assures me this is not going to happen because there's going to be a civil war because all the people in Alabama want their guns. <laughs> and so they're going to take care of all this for us. And they're going to, you know, this is never going to happen as long as there's a Alabama and a Southeast and, a, and a, you know, and some of those other states too are, you know, Alaska. You know, they actually, they actually, eat that food in Alaska that they're, that they're shooting. And so, um, praise God. Um, <clears throat> but these things, this, this, you know, having times in the church where we talk about these things helps us get prepared for things that will be ahead in our future. You know, in the NIV translation in, uh, uh, let me, I, I'm right now, the scripture's not coming to me. But it, oh, where it says, gird up, in the King James, it says, gird up the loins of your mind. In the NIV translation, it says, set your mind for action. So we need to set our hearts and set our minds right now. Hallelujah. That we're going to be truth. We're going to be truthful. Hallelujah. Proverbs 12, 22, are you there? It says, lying lips 
are abomination to the Lord, but they that deal truly are his delight. God's pretty serious about lying lips, isn't he? He says it's an abomination. The one version said, extremely disgusting to the Lord. In the Ephesians, we just read where it said, putting away lying. One version said, rejecting all falsity. Hallelujah. Uh, Psalm 101, verse 7. Sometimes people put us on the spot. Even today, you know, I kind of got put on the spot. (laughs) It was crazy, really. We were sitting there eating lunch. The table over here was two old men. Let me say this like I mean it. Old coots. Not just men, but old coots. And so there's this little young waitress, and she comes by and he said, can I, this one said, can I give you a piece of fatherly advice? And I wanted to roll my eyes right then. I'm like, I know she wants to hear this. And so he started talking to her and giving her his fatherly advice. And I heard one thing he said, and I was like, you know, but anyway, he, when I got up to leave, me and pastor, he said, did you hear me giving her that fatherly advice? And I said, no, because I didn't hear all of it. And he said, uh, I really didn't know what he said to her. I heard one thing he said about his wife that I didn't like. Anyway, so, um, <laughs> you know, he wanted to know if we wanted to hear it. He wanted to tell us. And so I'm put on the spot, <laughs> you know. And I just kind of smiled and walked off. But you, sometimes you get put on the spot. Do you want to hear this? But he told Pastor, Pastor was nicer than I was. I don't know if, but he, he told him what he told her. And what he told her, it's like, I hope she don't believe it. He told her, fall in love with a rich man. Don't fall in man- love with a poor man. And I told Pastor, I said, if he'd have told me that, I'd say, well, I fell in love with a poor man and made him rich. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. But... um you know, that's not really God's way. Hallelujah. But we get put on the spot. Um, <clears throat> Acts 5.4. I'm going to read this from the Amplified. Acts 5.4. Sometimes people put us on the spot and say, do you like my new dress? See, we need to set our mind for action. We need to have a plan. You know, one thing we can say is, I like you. That's what pastor does to me. How do you like this? Well, I like you. And you know... And you'll say, I'll say, or sometimes women say, does this make me look fat? They have not set their mind for action. They do not know what to say. Hallelujah. As long as it remained unsold. This is talking about Ananias and Sapphira. As long as it remained unsold, talking about the land, was it not still your own? And even after it was sold, was not the money at your disposal and under your control? Why then is it that you have proposed and purposed in your heart to do this thing? How could you have the heart to do such a deed? You have not simply lied to men, playing false and, and showing yourselves utterly deceitful, but to God. You've not simply lied to men, but you've lied to God. Hallelujah. Um, turn to, I think I already read Psalm. Did I read Psalm 101? I didn't, did I? Okay, verse 7. He that worketh deceit shall not dwell within my house. He that telleth lies shall not tarry in my sight. Wow. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Sometimes people lie. Romans 1, 25. Well, let's go to Psalm 31 first. Psalm, since we're right there. Psalm 31. 
What would make people lie? Especially what would make people lie that don't want to lie. Not their father's not the devil. Their God is their father. But Psalm 31, 18, what is it that pushes us over sometimes? Or pushes, maybe you know a Christian that's lied to you. Psalm 31, 18. Let the lying lips be put to silence, which speak grievous things proudly and contemptuously against the righteous. I believe the root of pride, the root of lying is pride. It's a lot of times, it's all, I believe it, if not all the time, a lot of times it's pride. I believe people lie because they have pride. They don't want to know people to know the real person they are. They, they don't have confidence, maybe sometimes in situations or whatever. And, and they're afraid of what people will think about them, and that's pride. But you know, the truth is that when you believe something like that and you're fearful of something like that, that really is you believe the lie because people respect truth. People respect truth. Like even if you didn't do it right, if you told the truth, people respect that. Amen. Um, they, people lie in Romans 1.25. Just let the Holy Spirit speak to us here tonight. Let him help us. Let him help us go up to another level in our lives. You know, sometimes we're crying out for things that God has promised us, and we don't realize that there's something like us, like this or like other things that can be blocking us just because we, we, we're, just, we're, we're skipping a... It's like we're trying to skip an area of the Bible. And this is one of the most important things to God is truth. In Romans uh, 1.25, it says, uh, Who changed the truth of God into a lie, and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. For this cause God gave them up into vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust toward one another. And so, we don't have to go on. That first verse, it says, uh, Who changed the truth of God into a lie. Sometimes people lie because they don't like to be convicted of sin. They got sin in their life, and so they lie. They lie and tell themselves things like, well, uh, homosexuality, that's okay. God loves everybody, and He does love everybody. And they tell them, well, you know, uh, they tell themselves lies about sin because they don't want to be convicted. And if you're not careful, if you listen to every, uh, I mean, even in school, they're going to teach your children eventually, maybe high school before they get around to it. I don't know when exactly they do it. They're going to teach your children in the public school that people are born certain way and, 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 that, and, then, and that no, it, it's okay. It's okay. That homosexuality is okay. People are born a certain way, so forth. That's going to be the lie that you're going to tell your children. And so you got to be prepared. Here we go back to being prepared. You need to have already counteracted the lie before they tell it. Don't wait until the teacher tells them that and then have to say, well, now, no, that's not right. You need to start young counteracting these things and telling them. You need to explain to them how homosexuality comes. It's very simple. It is as simple as ABC. The, the devil lies to their mind. He speaks to their mind and he tells them. And first, it just starts out with one thought. But as we meditate on thoughts like that, 
it becomes a, uh, it can become a, uh, it'll be, and we meditate on it long enough, it'll become something we believe and something we act on. And, you know, we need to prepare our young children. And, you know, there are some children, and God never intended for them to be gay or homosexual. But well, I've seen children that were, I've seen young men that weren't as, um, they were more, the, a lot of times, the not quite as masculine, but uh, but a, a father can teach a son to be masculine. Sometimes we don't have a father in the home, but yeah, men, uh, boys can be taught to be masculine. They can get in trouble for being feminine. You know, if they start putting on little girl clothes, that's not funny. Hallelujah. And we need to explain to them and say, no, you're a man. You know, when they're, when they're two and one, you're a man. So he don't ever wake up one morning and say, I don't wonder if I'm a man or if I'm a woman. Uh, and uh, little girls, little girls need to be taught to not, to be feminine. And we, we, you know, we've gotten where we don't, there's little girls that never hardly ever wear a dress anymore. Because that's just gotten how our society is. Where church is all pants and, and, uh, they don't even have opportunity to ever wear a dress, hardly ever. But we need to teach our little girls to be feminine and to be sweet. And little girls sometimes. I know we had a little girl in our church in Seminole, and she, there was three little girls in a family. And she was just the big tomboy type. And she, I, know, I just knew in my heart, somebody needs to work with her. She needs to be worked with on how to be feminine because it wasn't coming naturally to her. And so... Um, Helping our kids not believe a lie. Preparing ahead of time for these things. So people lie to escape the conviction of sin. It's real handy sometimes to just lie about something. And a lot of times these people have been raised in church, in Pentecostal churches and everything. And, uh, but to escape the conviction of sin, just lie to yourself they, is, seems to be a popular thing to do. Uh, Isaiah 28, 15. Another reason... Another reason sometimes we could get tempted to lie. And I know we can all, we can all get tempted under this one. 2815. Because ye have said, we have made a covenant with death and with hell, are we at, are we at agreement when the overflowing scourge shall pass through? It shall not come unto us, for we have made lies our refuge, and under falsehood have we hid ourselves. Sometimes we're tempted to lie to, to get protected, to protect ourselves. We make a lie our refuge instead of letting God be our refuge. God is my refuge. God is my strength. I don't have to lie to be protected. God will be my refuge for me. He will be my, he will be, uh, he will be my hiding place. And we hide ourselves. We might be tempted to hide ourselves behind a lie. Okay. Um, let's look in, uh, 1 Timothy 4, 1 and 2. You know, sometimes we have sermons that are like ice cream sundaes. <laughs> and this one's like peas and carrots or something. Now, this is, this is the stuff you need to eat that you don't want to eat. 1 Timothy um, 4, 1 and 2. But so necessary. Now, the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter time some shall depart from the faith giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies in hypocrisy, 
and having their conscience seared with a hot iron. You know, you can lie so much and tell yourself a lie so much, and I actually know some people that I could call by name that aren't in this church, of course, but I could call by name that they don't even know they're lying anymore. They've lied so much. They can't, it's like when their mouth's open, they're lying. And, and that, we get that from lying over and over. You lie long enough, you know, all, you don't get possessed by a devil just walking down the street one day. You get possessed by a devil by doing something over and over again until you finally open the door so wide for the devil. He comes in and he takes charge. Hallelujah. And people get a spirit of lying. where, And that's a lot of times, they, when they get a spirit of lying, they can't tell the truth from a lie. Hallelujah. And that cannot just be with lying. I mean, if you, you know, if you yield to pornography over and over. It doesn't come the first time you see a pornographic picture, but you do it over and over. And then it'll get to be a stronghold, and you can't just quit. When it gets to be a stronghold, the anointing has to destroy that yoke and remove that burden. It's, you know, and the same with alcohol. You're not going to get addicted with one little sip, although I've heard that some people have a propensity to addictions. And I, I believe that, really. Uh, and So, in other words, some people might get addicted faster than others. And, you know, uh, that's a, there's a lot of squabble about, is wine okay? Because, you know, the Bible talks about Jesus making water into wine. And uh, he told, Paul told Timothy, take a little wine for your stomach's sake. And if I, if I believe, folks, it was probably real wine. But, you know, the Bible also says in Proverbs that wine is a mocker. And so I tell people that I talk to, it's like, why take the chance? You might be that one that gets addicted fast. Right? And once you're addicted and you've, well, then it takes deliverance. You can quit. Some people just quit, but they're the ones that walk around wanting it for the rest of their life. There's, there's cigarette smokers that don't smoke, but they, they want it. And, you know, AA says to tell, say, I am an alcoholic, I'll always be an alcoholic or something like that. But really and truly, if, you, if Jesus sets you free and you get delivered, you are no longer an alcoholic. But thank God people quit that still have a desire to drink. Thank God people quit smoking that still want a cigarette every hour of every day, especially after every meal. Thank God. But there is a way to be delivered in Jesus. But the best way to be delivered is never to do it the first time. Never to smoke the first cigarette. Never to take the first drink of wine. I'll tell you, you're not missing anything. Not because I tried it and decided you are. But we're not missing anything, folks. We're not missing all the fun. We're just missing that puking in the toilet the, the morning after. And that headache. You know, I don't know about it personally, but I've heard. Hallelujah. Pastor Buzzy told us all about it, didn't he? <laughs> Praise God. Um, so where are we? Galatians 4.16. And we're just getting towards the end here. Galatians 4.16. Paul said, Am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? You know, a lot of times when people speak the truth to us, our pride wants to, be, wants to be mad. That's just what it is. That's all it is, is pride. When people speak the truth to us. And then Ephesians 4.15 says, 
it tells us we're to speak the truth. It says, uh, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. But speaking the truth in love. Well, it's good when people speak the tr truth in love to you because love does help it go down a little better. But, you know, if it doesn't come with love, if it's the truth, take it anyway. If somebody is, is gracious enough to you to tell you something that you need to know about yourself. And a lot of times I, you know, pastor said this to me and I've said it to him. There's been times when I've said, well, I want to tell you something. And, you know, I do this in all humility. Wives, there's a way to approach your husband and everything. And it's not when you're mad and it's not when, you know, the problem is usually wait, better to wait two or three weeks. But I've said things and I'll say, and sometimes I've said to him, and he said this very same thing to me often. He says, if I, I said, if I don't tell you, who's going to? A lot of times husbands get mad if their wives say something to them. But if she doesn't tell you, who's going to? Well, in your case, uh, pastor's probably going to. <laughs> if you don't receive it from your wife, you might not like it any better when pastor tells you. Hallelujah. Uh, or maybe a friend will tell you. Somebody that loves you. You know, your mom might tell you. Your dad might tell you. Well, I found that we don't like it really. We, our flesh doesn't like it really usually any way it comes. Until we get more mature. And a sign of maturity, and it says right there that growing up, talks about growing up, a sign of being mature in Christ is being able to be corrected. To let somebody speak the truth in love to us, or just the truth. Hallelujah. A sign of, a sign of growing up is also being willing to speak the truth to somebody because that's not always comfortable either you know being willing to speak the truth to somebody and you know we have to say in divine order and everything hallelujah but pastor will tell me things uh that i'm not doing right you know and uh, i won't say that i always received it good but Usually I get around, I got around to receiving it good. Hallelujah. But if we grow up, as we grow up, we receive things better. Hallelujah. Well, so uh, setting our mind for action, deciding ahead of time, we're going to be people of truth. Uh, deciding ahead of time that we're um, going to prepare our children to be people of truth. And not, you know, you shouldn't let your kids get away with lying. Hallelujah. Pastor always says... If they'll lie to you, they'll steal from you. Not right then, maybe. But if you keep on lying, eventually you'll steal. It all comes from the same root. So uh, we don't want to do that. And we want to, you know, we want to be prepared for anything that might come as far as in our government or anything like that. We need to be prepared for what we would do and what we would say. You know, there was sure a lot of people martyred. There's still a lot of people martyred, not so much in the United States, but a lot of people get martyred for their faith. We just got to prepare to be people of truth. Amen. That's our desire. So uh, let's, well, let's turn it over to Pastor and he's going to.